Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2386, with the release date of Friday, July 21st, 2023, to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Changes in band access await hams in Australia. A much-loved electronic supplier is closing after 50 years. And a ham marks a DXCC achievement of two lifetimes. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2386 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Charleston, West Virginia, here's Jim Dameron, NATMW. There are gains and losses for amateurs in Australia as the nation's regulator moves ahead with proposed changes to spectrum access. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, has that story. Advanced amateurs in Australia and overseas equivalents will be losing their access to frequencies between 3.4 and 3.6 gigahertz, which have been identified for relocation to commercial interests and for use by earth station protection zones. While proposing those changes, the Australian Communications and Media Authority is expanding standard amateurs and overseas equivalents access to frequencies between 50 and 52 megahertz, in addition to the current 52 to 54 megahertz. These modifications are contained in the Radio Communications Licence Conditions Omnibus Amendment Instrument 2023 Number 1. The ACMA took its action following the submission of public comments to the consultation. The regulator said it received only six such comments, with the majority supporting the changes. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Meanwhile in the UK, hams are getting some help in understanding the changes that Ofcom has in the works. We have those details from Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. As Ofcom undertakes the first sweeping changes in ham radio licensing and call sign policy in 25 years... The Radio Society of Great Britain has been hoping to make things simpler. The Society is offering guidance on this consultation through a variety of materials that include a newly released video by Murray Nyman, G6JYB, the Society's spectrum and licensing expert. The RSGB is hoping that clubs will share the video at their meetings and assist hams in understanding the work underway. The video can be found on the RSGB's YouTube channel or on the consultation webpage of the Society at the link found in the text version of this week's newscast. The regulator is seeking feedback and has set a deadline of the 4th of September for comment. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. A computer hacker who was once on the FBI's most wanted list and who described himself as possessing the world's most expensive amateur radio license has become a silent key. Here's Cell MB KB3TZD to tell us about him. Kevin Mitnick, N6NHG, whose computer hacking skills landed him a federal prison term with hundreds of supporters pressing for his freedom, has become a silent key. Kevin died on Sunday, July 16th, of pancreatic cancer. According to several online obituaries, by the time he was 16 years old, Kevin had already sharpened his software skills, gaining unauthorized access to computer systems. Ultimately, it was his illegal download of software from Digital Equipment Corporation in the 1980s that led to a massive manhunt, his conviction, and a five-year prison term. Having become a ham radio operator at the age of 13, he wished to return to the air once he was released from prison and spent more than $16,000 in legal fees to petition the FCC for a license renewal. 
He succeeded, saying afterward that as a result, he possessed the most expensive amateur radio license in the world. Kevin was 59. This is Cell MB, KB3, TZD. India is hoping to become the fourth nation to achieve a controlled moon landing, and at last reports, its spacecraft was well on its way. John Williams, VK4JJW, has that report. The launch of the Chandrayaan-3 mission was an historic one for India, which is aiming to achieve a soft lunar landing after the previous mission in 2019 failed. The Indian Space Research Organization declared its trajectory a precise orbit shortly after its launch on Friday, 14th of July. The name of the spacecraft is Sanskrit for Mooncraft. It's expected to live up to that name when it makes its intended arrival on the south pole of the lunar surface in late August. This is John Williams, VK4JJW. Another much-loved source of electronic supplies for amateur radio operators is about to join the growing list of companies shutting down. It's scheduled to happen next month. We have those details from Ralph Squalacci, KK6ITB. All Electronics in Van Nuys, California, has provided at least two generations of hobbyists, radio amateurs, and tinkerers with a variety of surplus electronics parts and manufacturers' overruns for their projects. The legendary seller will be closing its doors in the next few weeks, likely by the end of August. When All Electronics announced earlier this year that it was calling it quits, the business had already scaled back its previous seven-day-a-week operation for walk-in customers, keeping its doors open on weekdays only. The company notes on its website that its mail-order business has been brisk lately as the 56-year-old enterprise attempts to close out its warehouse in time for final shutdown. This is Ralph Squillacci, KK6ITB. To ensure they are prepared for emergencies and extreme weather, many hams are accustomed to sharpening their responses through regularly scheduled drills. But the drill that's taking place next month in Mobile, Alabama, is for a major event that actually happened more than 70 years ago. It was World War II. Jack Parker, W8ISH, fills in the details. There will be a call to battle station sounded on Saturday, August 12th, and those aboard the battleship USS Alabama and the submarine USS Drum will be ready for what is to follow in Battleship Memorial Park. Vintage enemy aircraft will do a flyover and a mock attack. The crew on board the ships will fire the vessel's 20mm guns. Meanwhile, radio communications will go forward with members of the Deep South Amateur Radio Club also on board, calling QRZ on 20 and 40 meters. They will be using the club call sign K4DSR and the call sign K5LDA. Unlike the radio amateurs, the crewmen are all reenactors. Dressed in World War II-era Navy uniforms, they will conduct weapons briefings and demonstrations while reliving some of the stories of that time. This is a living history crew drill designed to show the public just how things were in the heat of the war so many years ago. What the members of the living history crew share with the hams is that they are all volunteers. They show that they appreciate the spirit of volunteerism and education by conducting these drills to bring history to life again a few times each year. This is Jack Parker, W8ISH. An infusion of money is helping an all-volunteer museum in New England upgrade its on-site ham radio station. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, tells us what changes are in store. 
The Amateur Radio Club of the Vintage Radio and Communications Museum of Connecticut is about to expand its reach with the help of a grant from Amateur Radio Digital Communications. The on-site club, which has the call sign W1VCM, intends to add new antennas as well as Earth space capability to its operations. The club plans to have a high-gain antenna system, a satellite transceiver, and computer-controlled tracking, giving better access to QSOs through the International Space Station and several low-Earth orbit amateur satellites. Bob Allison, WB1GCM, president of the Amateur Radio Club, said in a press release that the club's demonstrations of amateur radio have provided encouragement to visitors, some of whom decided they wanted to become hams too. This all adds up to a big plus for the museum as well. According to its director, John Ellsworth, he said that the availability of a working radio station complements the museum's role in telling the story of communication. The museum, which has showcased communications history for 33 years, is run entirely by volunteers, providing opportunities for children to build crystal radio sets and attend other hands-on classes that bring history as well as more modern-day technology into their lives. Bob told Newsline, The spirit of amateur radio is live and well at the Vintage Radio and Communications Museum of Connecticut. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K4EX repeater in Dade City, Florida, on Tuesdays after the 7 p.m. net. In the U.S., the Federal Communications Commission is getting ready to consider a request from broadcasters to permit the highest allowable power for digital FM stations. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, has that story. The FCC is preparing to vote early next month on permitting some digital FM stations to broadcast using the highest allowable power levels by adopting a change in the way such levels are determined on the upper and lower digital sidebands. The request for change is being made by the National Association of Broadcasters, a trade group representing radio and TV entities, and Xperi, the company that developed and licenses HD radio technology. Xperi estimates there are 2,600 stations in the U.S. that use HD radio technology. Both the NAB and Xperi say their goal is to improve the digital signal's quality and coverage. They are petitioning for the acceptance of a new formula that would permit an increase over the present level currently authorized at a digital ERP of minus 14 dBC, or decibels relative to carrier. The approved increase would not require prior FCC authorization. Although a number of major media groups support the petition, saying it's good for business as well as listeners, Press Communications LLC in New Jersey has told the FCC that a power increase could pose difficulties for smaller FM stations and LPFM, the low-power FM service. The vote is expected to take place on August 3rd. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. In the world of DX, Giuseppe, IK5WWA, is on the air as IM0C, 
From San Pietro Island, IOTA number EU-165 until the 30th of July. Listen for him on 40 through 2 meters and perhaps on 80. QSL via his home call. Jarno OH-6NJ will be active as OH-6NJ-8 from Haloto Island, IOTA number EU-184 between the 24th and 31st of July. He'll be using CW, SSB, and FT-8 mainly on the higher bands. QSL via his home call. In Guatemala, Dennis KT-8X will be active holiday style as TG-4 slash KT-8X from the 23rd of July to the 4th of August. He'll be using CW, FT-8, and possibly some SSB on 40 through 6 meters. QSL via Logbook of the World only. Listen for Ron, DL1RNW, operating as OZ slash DL1RNW from San Caius, Maidenhead Square, JO75JG on Bornholm Island, IOTA number EU030. He'll be on the air from the 23rd of July through the 5th of August on 6 meters and the HF bands. QSL via EQSL. Our final story isn't just about the DX achievement of a lifetime. It's about a personal tribute. Patrick Clark, KATAC, brings us that story now. For some, a contact with Bobay Island, considered the most remote island on Earth, is like winning the lottery. But for Bob Wirtz, NF7E, it means so much more in the amateur radio lexicon. The QSO he logged earlier this year with a 3Y0J expedition ended his 47-year journey to log all 340 independent DXCC entities. The ARRL requires contacts with only 331 such entities for any ham to be included on its DXCC honor roll. Clearly, Bob had his sights set on a higher mountain. His personal challenge began nearly a half a century ago. Speaking of mountains, the impressive log he's amassed toward that end includes another remote contact, Mount Athos in Greece, where the operator was Monk Apollo. Their QSO, using CW, took place in 2016. Monk Apollo, who is now a silent key, was viewed by DXers as one of the most sought-after contacts. Bob at one point thought it might end up being the most difficult contact since he became a ham in 1976. Bovey, however, filled that role nicely. It also allowed him to fulfill a very personal and perhaps most meaningful goal. In an interview with the Flagstaff Business News, he said he considers his completion of the challenge to be a tribute to his father, who held the call sign of KA9ACS and is now a silent key. This is Patrick Clark, K8TAC. We hope our listeners have been enjoying the Amateur Radio Newsline Haiku Challenge. We certainly have. In the spirit of fun and perhaps a little bit of literary adventure, we've been inviting listeners to channel their most creative selves and share the joy of ham radio in the form of a haiku. On our website, arnewsline.org, you'll find a submission form for sending your most poetic offering. To qualify, you need to follow traditional haiku form. The first line is five syllables, second line seven syllables, and the finishing third line has another five syllables. We cannot accept any other formats. Our team will pick from the best submissions that follow the five-seven-five-syllable rule and represent the love of amateur radio. Your prize? For now, bragging rights and a featured spot for your haiku on the Amateur Radio Newsline website. We may have a surprise for you at the end of the year, however. So visit our website at arnewsline.org and take a look at this week's winning ham radio haiku. 
Do you have a piece of amateur radio news that you think Newsline would be interested in? We're not talking about advertising your club's upcoming ham fest or field day participation, but something that is out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we would like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. With thanks to Amateur Radio Daily, AMSAT News Service, ARRL, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, Bob Allison, WB1GCM, CNN, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, Facebook, Flagstaff Business News, FCC, 425DX News, Indian Space Research Organization, Ofcom, QRZ.com, Radio World, shortwaveradio.de, Wireless Institute of Australia, WPMI, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Jim Dameron, N8TMW, in Charleston, West Virginia, saying 73. As always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023, all rights reserved.